0: Exactly. No, because the problem thinks it's got the relief from the problem. The problem thinks it's entertaining the relief from the problem. Self is getting relief for self, but it thinks it's from self, but it isn't. It's for self, because you're identified with what's getting the relief. That's not the relief. The true relief is realizing you're not that which needs relief. That's, for me, that's the true relief. I am not that which needs relief. And that's a stable condition. It doesn't happen, oh, if I have a good Tuesday, then I'm feeling great, and if I don't, I'm not. It's not based on feelings, it's a state. It's an optionless state. It's my mind recognized. Just like all that evidence that was produced in AA was not making any impact until a moment it did, when there was a surrender, And the mind became sober, it became sound, because it has that potential, and it recognized the dilemma. And it realized abstinence is the only way. It was quite simple. And it was a done deal. My program has never been based on feeling. I don't base like I feel like doing it, and then I feel like I don't want to do it. It's based on a commitment that was brought about by a recognition. I looked... And finally the evidence I saw with a different pair of eyes, not the eyes of that fearful deer of alcoholism and selfing, but a, the sober aspect of my mind saw it and came to a very, very clear decision. I'm going to turn my this life and will over to this other power greater than self, and that's that. <laughs> because this thing has had plenty of time to manage and look at where I am. <laughs> Well, the new beliefs are something that grows out of that commitment. It's that commitment produces, here in time, let's say, it's like a plant. The seed is the whole, all the information of that plant and all of its expression is located in the seed. The seed is the recognition and then here in time it looks like you grow. Yeah? Yeah. Your understanding grows and your openness grows and then your uh, wisdom seemingly grows, but in faith, in fact, it was all an instantaneous recognition of mind, and then, in this place of appearances, it appears to grow. Yeah. So your head—it's like the kernel gets popped by this place, and boom, 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 yeah. and it, it seems like the lens is opening up more. But it was all included in the one recognition. I'm not that. What's what's being presented all day? I am not. Nor am I the presenter of it. Yeah? I'm not the mind presenting it and I'm not what's being presented. What the hell am I? I have no idea, but I know I'm not that. That's all I needed. From that point on, that's when you put the ball down. I know what I'm not and that's that. I do not know what I am. I can never know what I am because I'm busy eming it. I'm busy being it. You can't stop being it but and know it. You cannot stop being and then know it and then think you're going to start being it again. That's not it. There's just, I'm not that, it's recognized, I'm not that. All this stuff that's been presented, you know, based on me, this is how I think, and this is about me, and this is my opinion, and you do something I don't like, and da, da 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 None of that is me. It's an expression of a mental process. And I've seen the mental process. And if I can see the mental process, I cannot possibly be the mental process. Because I've seen it. Where am I to see it? everywhere, I would imagine. I can't see it as a location. When I look, I don't find, oh, there it is. This little, you know, citadel on a hill. There's no citadel and there's no hill. There's just sea. You're in a giant ocean of sea. There's no located point. There's no fixed position. There's just sea. You just, you pop out of a a. a a faux position, a a fake position, and then it's everywhere. And then you realize even the entertaining of that was everywhere. There's never a special somewhere that gets finally broken down and then everywhere is embraced. There's only everywhere taking itself to be a special somewhere. And it's not even taking itself. The mental process is taking itself. It's identified with that mental process. So it, it lends credence to the mental processes Hypothesis. It gives it flesh and blood because it's aware. So all the thoughts that build the bone and the skeleton of the self and all the flesh of experiences claimed by the self, the illumination of that operation gives you the sense of being a separate entity. But it isn't so. That's the freedom. Yeah? The freedom is, I am not bonded to self. I'm not bonded to self, so do, nor do I need to get unbonded to self. There is no self to be bonded to. It's a mental process. It's a verb I call selfing. It's going on, and it can capture your attention and interest, and you can forget what you are. By be blind believing the presentation of your mind of what you are. You can get so enthralled by that, you'll forget what you are, which is the seeing of it. Yeah, The act of seeing... The thought is actually the act of being you. Not not believing you're the thinker of it. The seeing of the thought is demonstrating what you are. The hearing of a sound. The seeing of a bird. The tasting of something. The smelling of something. And the consciousness that's doing that. That's the verb of consciousness. The verb of consciousness is being conscious of. And we are... We are the expression of consciousness being conscious of here, yeah? So there's consciousness, and then it becomes conscious of this. Sees it, feels it, smells it, it, tastes it. (laughs) I'm conscious of it, yeah. All right? Bring me thousands of things. See it, feel it, taste it, touch it. But there's one common constant in all of those quote-unquote experiences, Consciousness. This book, see it. This hat, see it. You, see it. Chair, this thing, see it. See it, see it, see it. But, alright? The act of seeing, seeing, seeing. Different things, things, things. But the act of seeing is the same. It's it's consciousness. Every moment, what you are is being demonstrated by your quote-unquote living. And we're missing it because we think there's a noun who's living. You, as this. So this claims... This becomes what's conscious, and it's not true. You're conscious of this. This is not conscious. You, what you are, is conscious of this. I am conscious of this. I see it. I feel it. I smell it. Ooh, not too good to it. Taste it. Hmm, not bad. Yeah? This is not what's conscious. This is an object of consciousness. Yeah? So the subject is what? the act of being conscious. That's its demonstration here. It's being. How it being? how it bees, you know, it's like a runner runs, hold on a second, a runner runs, consciousness is conscious of, that's what it does. So runner is, the verb is running, supposedly. Consciousness, the verb is conscious of. If not, then all there would be is consciousness. There would be no recognition of it, because for you to realize you're a body, not a body, you must have believed you were a body. There would be never, no one would ever have a realization they're not the body unless they believe they were, they were the body at first. It has to go that way. There would be no, rec- the recognition would always be so, so it wouldn't be a realization. I'm not the body. <laughs> there would never have been a statement. There would have never been the idea you were a body. Yeah, it would just be. Virgin Consciousness, never entertaining that there was ever a body, so it would never be able to entertain there's not a body. Yeah? But here, it's entertained that it's a body, and it can have the realization that, hey, I'm not the body! Hallelujah! Great! It gets separated from this mortal coil, so to speak, and this mortal coil, or the consciousness moving through this mortal coil, seems to travel lighter now, because it's not bonded to the vehicle. So seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching is noted. Not I'm seeing that, and I'm hearing this, and I'm... All right, let me write the story of the day. What do you... If you were going to write the story of the day, it would be about you and things. You and things. That's what it would be about. Oh, I went here, and I bought this, and I saw Jeff and Bill, and did this, and blah, 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 blah. But if you wrote the story of today, it would just be consciousness of... (laughs) Conscious of, conscious of, conscious of, conscious of, conscious of, conscious of. Really, that's actually what's going on. But in the view of self centeredness, that's forgotten and it's, the center becomes the self. Oh, I'm conscious of that, yeah? I'm seeing you. I'm seeing you. The emphasis is on me and you, not on the seeing, is it? We take the seeing for granted, don't we? We, we, th- The seeing we take for granted. We even have trouble noting its verbing smell. How much do you emphasize smelling during the day? Not often, unless someone cuts a big fart, maybe. It's painful. How about touching? Some people aren't touching anything. Almost all day, they're not touching another human being. Hearing. Seeing. Seeing is the most dominant one. Actually, the most dominant one is the mental process. The most dominant experience here is mental. We're addicted. The mind is addicted to its own activity, yeah? The mental process is its porno theater. The other ones are very unimportant, usually. Seeing is important because because the mind is metaphoric, it's visual, yeah? So it has pictures. So seeing is very important, but the hearing, seeing, feeling, tasting, touching isn't that important to it usually. It really isn't. I mean, how many times do you stop to touch a flower? Probably very rarely during the day. Every day. Do you? Good. There you go. So these things happen, you know what I mean? So therefore, if you start emphasizing other gates, what happens? You get come out of the porno theater, your attention, and you start being conscious of what? The conscious of. First, maybe you think it's the flower, but what you're really getting off on is being conscious. Yeah, so there's no you getting off on it. It's a, it's said so. It's a presence when the conscious is being conscious. Yeah, it's sort of cool. Yeah. 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 So, where were we with all that? Is that the awake, Mark? Is that the awake? That you can describe it in conscious? Well, it's the awake. There's no awakened in a way, because that seems like it would be an event. It's just a wake mind. Mm-hmm. The veil is lifted. Hmm? The veil is lifted to self Well, in a way, if there's a re- there is no veil. That's if You want to call that the lifting of the veil, but there's a recognition there's no veil. Hmm? Well, the, den- the denial is the mental process and the strategy. It can't deny the conscious context so it does the best thing it can do with it which is to claim it. Yeah. Well it claims it it says I'm the one who's seeing and feeling. It can't get rid of what's happening yeah so it tries to sort of distract it and cover it over and paint it. That's why if you watch your thought system, its emphasis isn't on now, it's on the past and future really. Most of the thoughts are about the past and future. They really there's no value in the thought system for now because there's no need to think about now. Yeah. The now it doesn't, why do you need a mental experience of now? There's so much of another experience There's seeing, hearing, feeling tasting, touching. Why would you need to have a, a, another experience of it thinking? Yeah But when in what's not happening, which is where the mind likes to dwell, the only experience is thinking. You have to think about it because it's not so. You can't touch touch it, face, taste it, you know, feel it or smell it. So the way you conjure it up to seemingly be real to you is thinking or remembering. And so that sort of makes up a a mental experience, and that's what the mind's really addicted to. It's addicted to its own experience. It, It doesn't really, don't you know it's really? I mean, a lot of times people go somewhere... They don't really honor the seeing of the sunset, they start thinking about uh, previous ones they saw that may have been better or worse or whatever. They go immediately go into comparison and they go into memory, the mind, not you, the memory, and basically just sort of weighs everything and judges it and, and thinks about it. <laughs> really, that's what it does. That thinking is, it's, it's like, uh, it's like c- constantly having sex with itself, basically, the mental mind. It's having, like having a mental experience. It's just masturbating all day. Let's think about what happened. <laughs> you know? Let's go home and let's let me think about what happened. Let me think about what happened here today. <laughs> you know? <laughs> if, <laughs> so seriously, if the awareness is activated, this moment's more than enough. <laughs> you don't need to think about it. It's way more than enough. Yeah. It's like brimming. <laughs> it's just, okay, there's a full meal, let's go. <laughs> another, another, another. There's no need to think about it. It's like you think it's adding froth to it or something, or steaming milk, or, but it isn't. It's just, it's just making fluff. It's just, yeah. But if you're addicted to the mental process, which the identification as being a self is the true addiction to the mental process because the mental process has made up, and is making up, the sense of being self. I mean, you're talking about drugs and everything, pharmacies. Well, that's the biggest pharmacy up there. And you bought the biggest pill, which is, I'm that. <laughs> yeah? And that sets you up to, to buy all the other pills. Because it's sort of unbearable to be that. Why? Because you're not that. It's just that simple. I mean, it's not unbearable to be a sheep, but it would be unbearable to a lion to be like a sheep. Yeah? There's nothing wrong with being a sheep, but to, for a lion to become like a sheep, it would probably not work well. Yeah? Because of its innate nature. It wants to rip throats out and stuff. It doesn't want to worry about being a sweater or anything. It just wants to eat and roar and stuff like that. So, a lion adapting into a sheep life may have a rough time. Yeah? A sheep is fine. But the thing is, so, A conscious, let's say consciousness, attempting to live as a mental uh, thought, yeah, is a very, uh, it's a tough foot to put in a very tight shoe. You you know, because first of all, the ability of your mind to entertain has been enslaved. It's like a marathon runner, a great marathon runner that has been locked into a very small cellar and put on an oval of about a four by four foot track and just when it wants to really run yeah, it wants to really entertain but it's trapped in this system of self-centeredness so it can only entertain the possibility self-centeredness offers, I will be okay someone one day may save me oh, oh this and that, when I get my condo in Florida I'll be I'll be safe I got the New York Times subscription coming every day, and I got TV Guide, yes, and I got an agandas in the refrigerator when I get home, so I don't care what happens tonight, because I know when I get home I can eat it all and watch a movie. All these things. These are the possibilities offered in self-centeredness, yeah? They seem large because we're in a subjective experience, so mountains can be molehills here, and molehills can be mountains, so by your head. But there you are. That ability to entertain, when unbridled to self is unbelievable. One of the first things that happened with me, and I listened to it all the time at meetings, people would always say, oh, I will be okay. You know, they'd be having a hard time, and then the best their mind could come up with is, oh, I will be okay later. And I'd be sitting there, yeah, yeah, that was basically the norm of my community. I will be okay, always put off, based on what you do or don't do, and this and that. Then something occurred, and I just realized, okayness. <laughs> There's a sense of okayness. Even when it looks like nothing's going well, there's a sense that it can override that looking. Yeah? The sense of okayness, of being conscious. So that's a possibility, not out of self-centeredness, because you're okay now. What would happen to all your plans to be getting better later if you were okay now? They They would be edited and revised immediately. Not by you, but by life. They would be edited and revised. If you were okay now, the whole way you... Your walking through this day would be different. Seriously. It just would. You wouldn't have to read a book about it. You wouldn't have to say prayers over it. It would just, it would demonstrate itself in the living of it. It's a living view. It's a living way of seeing. It's not something like you go home and read a book and you put on a pair of glasses and then if you read the book at the same time you have the glasses on, you look a different way. Yeah? All right, I'm reading this book, I got the glasses. Oh, yeah, now I see it differently. Then I take it off and the book isn't read. It seems just the same old, same old. No, this is a living way of seeing. Yeah. It's a living way of seeing. It's not a form of looking that you can forget. Yeah. It's not a pair of glasses you can take off. It's just a fact. It's like an optionless state. You really have no say in the matter. You may think that you're being unconscious because you did something and did something like that. That is just an appearance. All there is is consciousness. There's not anything you can do to exile you from that state, and there's not anything you can do that can bring you into that state. Yeah? In other words, most people... I hate to break the news to you, but this is the news. The mind and self-centeredness is seeking to be relevant as a self. The way it has relevance as a self is that everything that will seemingly happen to you will be based or predicated on what you do or don't do. What you entertain or don't entertain. In other words, your relationship with God is basically mostly based on you doing things and having things. Yeah. Therefore, let's say if I believe I have, I did something to attain something, there's the on the other side of that coin, you can believe you can do something to lose it. That's not it. Because all the while you're thinking you're going to attain something, they're seeing. And all the while you think you've lost it, they're seeing. What you truly are is being demonstrated. That's why St. Francis, I believe, said, what's looking is what you're looking for. It doesn't cat it doesn't qualify the what's looking. What's looking after you go to the retreat is what you're looking for? No. What's looking after you've done a lot of service is what you're looking for? No. What's looking after you've meditated for four hours is what you're looking for? No. Basically, what's looking at any moment of any part of any day is what you're looking for. Wait a minute. In other words, I don't have to purify the way I'm looking? Well, not if you listen to that statement. Does it say, a purified what's looking is what you're looking for? No. It says, what's looking? Just a dog-shit awareness of what's looking just right there, is what I'm looking for. How could that be? I thought that it would look a whole lot different. Exactly, that's your head playing God. Yeah? God is being demonstrated, well, what you call God, the movement of God, of being, is being demonstrated every second, and in, you're, you're living in an active denial of that demonstrating because it doesn't look like the way you think it should look. I would think God would be be looking different. It would be looking lovingly all the time. It would be looking like with incredible compassion all the time. No, it's looking. Just the act of looking is being God. What? Yes. So if it's just what's looking is what we're looking for, and there's nothing, therefore you have really no relevance in the matter, do you? So all your acts of improving how you're looking doesn't change the change the deal that it's just what's looking. And all the things you think you didn't do that should have improved your what's looking is still not it. It's just what's looking, exactly as you seem to be right now, because you are not the way you seem to be right now. Underneath the way you seem to be is the way you are at every moment, and that is seeing. The way you are and the way I am is that we're conscious. Every moment there's consciousness. You may not think it's a high consciousness. You may think it's a low consciousness. But I'm telling you those are just degrees in this movie. All there is is consciousness. That's the doorway. That's why they call it the gateless gate. There's no gate. There's no gatekeeper. There's nothing you need to do to enter it. It's a gateless gate. Or they also say it's an open secret. Why do they use the word open secret? What would a how could a secret be a secret if it was open? Obviously. It's not a secret. It's an open secret. In other words, every moment that you're conscious, consciousness is that. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's like, it's like a self-correcting actuality. Every moment in being. Because you're being. So if you believe you're not being, if you believe you are being, <laughs> if you think you're getting closer to being, if you think you're far away, being. yeah, It's just like... I mean, what more can it do? Because the shout of it is all the time. You never hear it. See, so you don't miss it because it's always there. You can't recognize something if something's always there. You, have, the mind, the split mind, is a very difficult. It cannot recognize what's always there. It has to have a break where it isn't appearing, and then it appears, and then it can see it, and then it disappears, and then it can have a memory of it. But it can't see what's always so. It cannot. The mind cannot see what's always so. It can't get a sense of what's always so. Yeah? Not the conditioned mind. It's like the fish is in the water all day, seeing the f- clamshells and everything. I bet you it has no idea it's wet. Not at all. Not at all. It's not having an experience of being wet. Like when you jump in the ocean, you have an experience of being wet because you are seemingly in the opposite, being dry. If you're in some state all the time, you don't recognize it. We're in that state all the time. That's why we're not recognizing it. We want to have an experience of being conscious more than we want the state of consciousness. Because then our conditioned mind could recognize it. If you have an experience of being, like a peak experience of being really conscious, you recognize that. But you don't recognize all there is is consciousness. It goes beyond our pale. We can't see it because of the way we're looking. You can't do it. If something was always so, you wouldn't know it was so. It's just the way it goes. like if, John, when you were born, if my hand was put on your shoulder and it was on there the rest of your life, you wouldn't know it was there because it had always been there. Yeah? You would never know it was there. You would only know its presence by its absence. When one day lifted, just like in recovery, when I first got... so. Did an inventory on fear, and so the lift the fear, the hand of fear that was constantly in my companion in life, lifted. I knew it, it. I knew how much fear I was in by its absence. I never knew how much fear I was in when I was in fear. I knew it by its absence. When it lifted, I go, "Wow, Jesus Christ! I've been living under this weather front all day, every day, just on me, on me, on me. Anxiety of what's not happening constantly. Yes." Yeah? Then it was lifted, and I I knew knew its presence by its absence. The same thing. You will know the conscious presence in self-forgetting. Like St. Francis says, in the act of forgetting self, you know the presence. By this absence, I sense the presence. That's always so. But as this absence, I will not sense the presence. It will have to be an experience that this absence had, which came and went. That's not the presence. That's a phenomenon. That's an experience. It's not it. But by this absence, when you're in the at the verb of self-forgetting, it's not something, oh, I forgot self 30 years ago, and there you go. Well, maybe some that happens to some people. But most people, it's they live, even that, they're really the living verb of self-forgetting. Maybe they've never, you know, there was that moment of forgetting it a long time ago in time. But there, the act of living the way they're living now is, I would call, self-forgetting. It's the verb of self-forgetting. You could call it remembering the truth, but it would be you could look at it as self-forgetting. That self-forgetting is it. So it's by your absence you're reborn. To what? To the presence of consciousness. All is, you've fulfilled all the requirements, you're conscious. That's all that's necessary. Yeah? You have the essence of what's looking. You are that. So the you that is looking for, if it can entertain, I'm not that you that's looking for, that's what's looking. Yeah? The what's looking is the state. And then there's a mental verb going on, you looking for. It's the same, same place. When the you that's looking for is seen not to be you, the emphasis lifts, goes away from this, and goes to this. Goes to the state underneath it, yeah? So right now, most of our emphasis is on the you that's looking for. So we're busy looking for. I'd like, some, you may be looking for me to give you a, an answer here. You're going to get nothing here, really. That's the whole point. So there's the you. The you looking for, yeah? And as the is looking for, what's looking? Right there. But the verb of the mental verb, the selfing, is you looking for. And our attention and interest has been captured by that. So the emphasis of our life is on the you that's looking for instead of the what's looking. That's all. And at every moment, at all times, the you that's looking for seems to be happening. There's the what's looking. Because what looking is what you were looking for. <laughs> It's so beautiful. That's why you don't recognize it, because it's right where you are. How can this be what I am? This isn't what you are. That's it. Yeah? So you go, okay, I'm the you that's looking for, how can this be what's looking? Well, this is not you. That's how it's what's looking. Yeah? It's the absence of this being me, that's what's looking. Yeah, yeah. It's a way of traveling. Does it exclude you from feelings and thoughts? No, you were never the thinker or nor the feeler of them. They come. Your apparatus is an action figure. It's like in a giant bump, bumper car show. You're bumping into objects and emotions and feelings and others and seemingly, and there's reactions. And So thoughts and memories kick up, but none of them are yours. You're just the witness of it, if you like. Even that I don't like to say. But there's consciousness. You're the consciousness of all that. Everything that appears is being consciously seen, or not, but all there is is consciousness. Here in duality, stuff cannot be seen and seen. Yeah? But all there is is consciousness. Yeah? can't drop any farther down, it's just, there's a duck, it's like when some stuff started happening with me as the action figure, it was like I'd be in this room, and then something would be entertained, and it would seem like the whole room, nothing changed, everyone was sitting like where they were seemingly sitting, everyone was doing like, like what they were doing, but what would happen is, it felt like the whole floor and everything on it dropped about 10 feet. There'd be a level of relaxation I never could have known as a self. Yeah? You know? So then I'd be walking around, entertaining and suddenly things. It was like, what was that? It sounded like a whole, like a uh, ten feet dropped out of the, my my base of reality, yeah? You know? And then you're walking around, and after a few weeks you'd notice, hey, this, the little mental process would notice, say, hey, traveling lighter, I'm traveling lighter. Of course it was not traveling lighter, but there was a traveling lighter going on. Yeah. so the whole point is you know the tree by the fruit if you entertain the possibility of this tree it's going to demonstrate itself by its fruit yeah? you can't see the tree but you can know it by its fruit so for me I know that consciousness is all there is by its intimations Yeah. it intimates its all everywhere and so you get a sense of what's happening, you can't know it because it's just happening. You are that, but there also there's a sense that goes along with it. So, Yeah. Well, it's that line, and I think you know it in the big book where it says on page twenty-five about the central fact of our life today is the absolute certainty that the Creator has entered into our hearts. Yeah, that's a nice way of looking at it. Yeah. It's always there, is what he said. Yeah. And we just didn't know. I would it's say here. it's always here. It's always here. Okay. But having, not even knowing that it was there, I didn't know it was human. That's right. I know it was here until yeah. here. Yeah, that's right. You can be ignorant of everywhere when you're a special somewhere. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> The gift of special somewhere is that you can forget everywhere. But then the special somewhere wants to have an experience of everywhere where that's where it goes a little bit off. Because it can't have an ex- it can't have everywhere as a special somewhere. It can think it has experiences of everywhere, but that's not it. It can't there can't be a special somewhere and everywhere. If you know the definition of everywhere, it means it's like all-inclusive, yeah. Everywhere is everywhere. So every special somewhere, where is it? It's actually everywhere. But I have a special somewhere. I'm, I have private thoughts and private feelings and private reactions to life. Alright, that's, that's the, that's the wall of special somewhere-ness, yeah? But in fact, it's not true. Everywhere, just like the demonstration in our lives as alcoholics. You had to have this moment when you would be at a meeting and people would be sharing their thoughts and their feelings and their reactions. And after a few weeks, it would rub against your terminal uniqueness because you were, what they were sharing seemed to be your thoughts and your feelings and your reactions. And you had been cultivating the privacy and the specialness of those thoughts and feelings and reactions you had created this terminal, unique, special somewhere, and it was really a drag in a way to realize everyone was thinking like you were. <laughs> everyone was feeling like you were, and people were doing a lot more heinous things that you were doing. I mean, they were topping you at every meeting. You thought, "I this is the worst thing I ever did." Oh fuck that! I've done thirty things worse than that yesterday. What? So all well, your special somewhere ness, that special terminal uniqueness, was sort of rubbed off. And so you start getting naked, yeah? And you see the emperor has no clothes. That's what happens in AA. You start seeing your emperor has no clothes. It's constantly being revealed you're not the emperor, you're, there's no specialness, yeah? You've been taken over by a, a system of thought and interpretation, uh, one subdivision of it called alcoholism. Yeah? The host has forgotten its hostess and has become the vehicle for a parasite to have a life. How can it not be so? Check it out. Don't you feel like when that craving comes over you or whatever, it's like a possession? Yeah, it's like you have no say in the matter. There's these there's these bugs in your body, these bacteria. There's one called Candida. It's a very old fungus. It's older than actually some. And you know you know viruses. There's virus DNA in our DNA. Viruses are very old uh, DNA. Yeah. The human d- DNA has virus uh, DNA in it. It's incredible, yeah? So bacteria, there's a bacteria called Candida that a lot of people have in trouble with. And Now they're having all these things called gluten-free diets where people are trying not to eat flour, white flour, and sugary products because it's the food for this bug. Yeah, it lives in your intestines and then it can travel through your blood system all over the body, inside. And it creates discomfort, bloatingness, a lot of gas. Feeling heavy and fatigue and everything, and people never really know it's it. They blame it on other things. Yeah, it's a beautiful parasite because it has you. You never get most people are just dawning on people now that they're suffering from this and they've been suffering for a long period of time by this bug taking over the inside. Yeah. So here's this candida. Now the candida has one difficulty. It can't go out shopping for what it wants. Yeah. It's sort of in you in your body. It can't get out to go to store and buy Wonder Bread, you know, and chow down or bagels or whatever, or ice cream or sugar. So it has to do what? It has to sort of <laughs> jack into your system and sort of force you to want what it wants. So it will drive you to really think you really want to have a bagel, let's say, or white flour when, and you believe, this is how insanely unconscious we are, we keep thinking, oh, I really love bagels, and you'll have big conversations about me, I really love bagels. You just may be taking your marching orders to the bagel store from a club called Candida. Because Candida wants that freaking flower, yeah? And it has to have you get it, you have to be its transportation, or it could possibly die, yeah? So all these thoughts you think are are yours. (laughs) The self-centered system is like a giant steering wheel. A lot of things can get it. And they're assured of having a long ride because every turn and every accident they get in, you'll claim it to be yours. It's called being identified as self. You can't see it as a foreign installment, so you have to take responsibility for all of its actions. You're paying the insurance uh, dividends, you're going to court for the accident, you're doing this and you're doing that, and you're being impelled by a foreign thing called alcoholism. It's taking you over, and you're just like a giant steering wheel. It's so easy, <laughs> it says, okay, let's feel, let's get super jealous about something. The fucking idiot will claim it to be him alright, let's go, let's really act out let's create a lot of drama tonight I want to have a big meal of anxiety and drama oh, this idiot, let's do it will just pull the same old string oh, you're out to get me <laughs> <You know>? oh <laughs> <laughs> the bug eats all the, all the energy and stuff like that and we're just like morons to it and we're thinking, we're so arrogant thinking we're the crown of creation we're freaking a home for thousands of bugs in this party Jesus Christ And they got more sway on what's happening in this apparatus than your little head does. Literally. Most of your desires and likes are based on what something in your intestine wants. It's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Really. I mean, the self-centeredness is such a blinding mechanism. We're just ignorant of any evidence contrary to us being the doer and haver of our life. We can't see that we get possessed. We can't see that things take us over. We can't see it. We constantly think it has to be me. It's not. You've been taken over by alcoholism. It's a one of the, it's a very intense parasite. It's not a real, I like, I paint a picture of it, but it's a deep mental groove as a parasite and it's one of the oldest, nastiest ones around. It's destroyed millions of lives over the time. Millions and millions is doing it right tonight, today. It's actively probably a, a certain percentage of the people you're running into. You're not seeing them. You're seeing the expression of a parasite alcoholism. There's no good old Jimmy in there. There wasn't the potential of Biff. It's all washed out. They're just transportation for Al. <laughs> Literally. And you're there to clean up the shit. Aren't you? When I got hit by the car, I was loaded, you know, I got hit by a car. And, what, you know, whatever, whatever, it was supposed to happen because it happened, but I got irritable, restless, and discontent. It was around, it was January 30th, 1980, in Rockville Center, Long Island. You know January's around here, freezing, yeah? I had gone to a bar called Phineas T's on Merrick Road, Baldwin. It was a place my friend was a bartender at. And I went in there and I had tried because I I had been suffering from the, the life of alcoholism and I had had some spiritual background. I had gone to a spiritual meeting that night of a group I used to be involved with. But when I went there my head told me I was so distant from it, you know, I was so far from removed from it I could never get what was offered again? Yeah, so I went back to the bar after the meeting, and I went and I saw my friend, and he gave me a Cuauhli, yeah, you know Cuauhli, I Had a Cuauhli, and I used to take shots of Grand lousy shit, but whatever, Grand And I'm on a and there's just the waitress and him there. Yeah, this is around 11 o'clock. So I get out and I get in my car and I drive to my sister's house where I was staying. I just moved up from Florida, and I go, um, I go in the house and I start getting irritable, restless, and discontent and my head starts telling me like a party erupted at the bar after I left. It was like January 30th, Sunday night. There's nothing going on. all. But I started to think I was missing something. Because now it's about 12.15. So I'm thinking I'm missing something. And the imperative got so strong, I followed it. I got back in, you know, bundled up, got back in my car, drove down to that bar, thinking I was gonna go to this big party. But the, what I was supposed to meet was a big Chevy Monte Carlo. Because that's what happened. I stepped out of the car and I got run over by a car. And then, when I came to, I was in a whole different movie than I ever knew before. Because I was 26 years old, I was in that invincible state, and suddenly I'm fucking in a hospital, screwed, big time screwed. And what was really funny was, the parasite basically, it sensed like it lifted off, it it didn't want to have the experience of what was going on, it lifted off me in a sense, but it hovered around, yeah, and he let me have its its, uh, results, basically, that's what it felt like it left a little bit, it hovered over me and it let me have the results of its actions, yeah, (laughs) now I'm fucked, physically, for the rest of my life in some ways you know, talk about a possession, that's a possession and that thing has caught blanche to your life if you're identified as a self. Drinking or not drinking. It's coming in and out, taking you over. You're not even, you're like a summer vacation spot, a winter vacation spot, a spring drop off, and a fall uh, fling spot. It's just coming in and out all the freaking time. You just got this giant steering wheel. You'll claim anything it expresses through you as yours. It's called the act of identification. You can't even see the killer within you because you think you're the killer. It's so incredible. And if you believe you're that, you can never entertain being free of it. You will never entertain being free of it. You'll entertain tolerating it, maybe getting a therapy, Maybe asking for a little bit of grace from it. Please give me a little bit of my life back, I promise. Let me have a a relationship for a month, all right, please? Let me go not fuck up that barbecue this weekend. Let me get a parking space in front of the meeting, please. You'll be a beggar. You'll be begging for it to give you a little relief. And maybe you'll let one link off the chain and then it'll pull it back and this and that. Because every time it expresses through you, you claim it to be you. How are you going to recognize it as foreign if you keep claiming its expressions as yours? How? Are you going to pray for a god to remove it if the god is made up by your head and it's a lesser god than your head? You need a god of its own understanding because the god of its own understanding recognizes there is no parasite. All is well. There's never been anything that ever happened that could cause any kind of tremor in your spiritual condition. None. Nothing. You are the constant outshining of any circumstance and situation you find yourself in. But not as this. You can buy all the armament, all the scriptural books, all the self-help books. They won't save your ass, because your ass is had by that. You're identified as it. This is about a radical understanding. Use the process to take care of the of the effects on a certain level of the parasite, but please start entertaining you not that. Because then true relief, your mind can entertain entertain being free. But not as that. It cannot entertain being truly free as a self, but it can entertain being free from it. It has that ability. It's always present at all times. It's its nature. Yeah? It's constantly awake and aware. And it's aware of what you're not. <laughs> but we're, we're not aware of what we are. Because we're identified as what we're not. And we're suffering it, don't we? Jeez, Christ. So what we're going to do today is, well we just did it actually, but we're going to do the fourth step. We're going to start doing the fourth step. You don't have to write or anything, I'll just explain it and then, because most of you have done them, right? Well, then you can go back and do them, you know, the four columns. But I'll, I want to go into, we did last night step three in a lot of ways, where we thought well about step three, which that's what it says at the bottom of the second paragraph on page 63. Well, thinking well is about going over the preceding pages, yeah, from like the bottom of page 60 to 63 you entertain what was said there, because he talks about the main principle of AA, which is to rely on something greater than self. And then he gives us descriptions of what will happen when you rely on something greater than self. Yeah? Okay, so now it says, all right, it says basically not much is going to happen unless we take some action. So the action is the fourth step. So here, it says very clearly, all right, therefore... We started, well, again, he says, our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. So that's an important thing. Causes and conditions. So really, what's causing your condition, <laughs> really? It's important to find out. Yeah. So that's the bottom of 64. The first paragraph, it says, Therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking a commercial inventory is a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. It is an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. One object, just one object, is to disclose damaged or unsalable goods, to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. So one of the ways I used to present it is, let's say I had a clothes store, yeah? I owned a clothes store. And I had this great idea that elephant bells were going to make a comeback. Remember those elephant bells, those huge bell yeah. bottoms? <laughs> so I bought about 500 pair of elephant bells, and I had some nice shirts, t-shirts, and some jewelry. And, you know, I, I, had, I felt pretty good about my store and myself. And I kept the windows clean. And I buy these. I make this seemingly big decision, and I buy these 500 pairs of elephant bells. And I have a sale, and really I don't sell any of them. I give one away to my girlfriend, and she even returns it. You know, when I'm not there. So. I'm not moving, and so my self-esteem and my opinion of being a good you know, store owner starts going down. So I stop cleaning the windows, the shirts, I don't even fold them again. People are coming and stealing stuff. I'm really not doing much about it. And I'm losing money, and I owe money. Yeah, I can't pay for the rent. I'm going home with and seeing my girlfriend. I won't tell her what's happening because I'm afraid she may leave me because it doesn't look like my security is too well you know, and stuff like that. So I'm getting all pented up, and then one day a guy walks into the store and he says, Hey, would you be willing to sell the store to me? And I'm going, yeah, gladly. Where do I sign? And so he says, all right, he brings me the contract. He says, okay. I sign the thing and I get ready to leave. He says, no, 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 you're not leaving. You're going to stay on the store, but the whole idea is it's not yours anymore. The store's not yours, it's mine, all right? I said, call me later, tell me, and he says, the first thing he says, he says, do an inventory. I said, I don't even have to go back there. We have 599 pair of elephant bells, yeah? So he says, okay, so he goes. So then the phone rings, yeah? And I think it's a creditor. The phone rings, which I would never answer. Now I ring it, and the first ring, he says, is this the owner? I go, no. And I hand the phone over to the new guy, yes? I go home that night, and I can tell the truth to my girlfriend. I said, Jesus Christ, you know, it's been really heavy at work. There's it was all this pressure on me, you know. This was my business, my store, and it was really driving me crazy because it doesn't look like it's going well. I'm not managing, I'm not managerial quality whatever. But now, something has happened because I sold the store, a lot of the pressure's off me. The facts haven't changed. I still have the elephant bells. I still have dirty windows, Though now I'm washing them. But the, a big sense of relief occurred because the ownership of it has changed. That's what we do in the third step. We turn our store or our will and life over to the care of something greater than self. And that's the first big wave of relief, yeah? which indicates something. It's not the end story. It indicates something. It indicates you're truly not managerial quality. And it also indicates the movement of selfing is to claim everything. So a life is called your life. And as soon as life becomes your life, it changes everything. A relationship because if you ever have a girlfriend or a woman you're seeing and then she becomes my girlfriend, it changes, doesn't it? You're having a great time when you're seeing her this and that and then suddenly there's a claiming occurs. Oh, she's my girlfriend now. Now you're like watching possessively, jealous. What have you been doing? Where were you last night? You know. Hey, what did you talk about? Well you're my girlfriend. I should know where you were. You know, all this insanity comes up. As soon as there's ownership or claiming, things change. So if you're living in the in in the relationship with the life as if it's yours and you're the manager and the controller of it, it's going to produce a lot of effects you may not be aware of until you surrender that ownership. Yeah, you only know it by its absence. You won't. You'll know the pressure pressure of thinking you're the the shaker and the mover of your life by its absence. Yeah? So that's what we're going to attempt to do. We're going to tell the truth. We're going to look at it. stock and trade. Now this is. So he he goes, we did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. For we searched out the flaws in our makeup, which caused our failure. And this is where I change from a lot of people. Maybe not anymore. Maybe they're doing it this way. This sentence, it says, being convinced that self, yeah, what we've been talking about, let's say the parasite, manifested in various ways. And so manifested can mean appear, right? So it appears in various ways. So self appears in many ways in our life. Its expressions appear in many ways. So it says, being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. This is to me a very important statement. Being convinced means to believe with certainty. To believe with certainty. Because if you don't, it's going to leave room for selfing to keep... Being identified as you, yes. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways, yeah, is what has defeated us. Now, if I walked around this room, we did this last night, but if I asked what self defeated you, we'd all have the same answer. It would be my, yes. my self. You may have thought another self, like a woman or a guy, did for a year or two, but basically, the overall defeat was produced by you, yes. my self. Yes. So, it's the identification with self that defeats us. That's my view. Yeah? I'm defeated by self, by it being me. <laughs> Why? Because if I believe it's me, this is what's going to happen. As it says, okay, we're now going to look at its common manifestations. The first one we're going to look at is resentment. It yeah? says so resentment this is the number one offender. So, my view is... What we're really doing in inventory over on is the expressions of self, or the expressions of the parasite in our life. Yeah. And if there's a lot of expressions of resentment and fear and harming other people in our life, you better believe the parasite probably has a lot of sway in your life, because those are its expressions. Yes? Self-manifested, or expressing in various ways, is what has defeated us. Resentment. Fear, harm to others are the grosser manifestations or appearances of what? Self in our life. And so those are expressions of self. So if there's a lot of expressions of self, then you can be pretty sure that self is close by. Yes? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we do a thing with a... <clears throat> there's a guy, I'm a guy who has a beautiful lawn. Yeah. A nice house with a porch and a really nice lawn. <coughs> and I like to do a lot a lot of stuff on that lawn. I run around in the morning dew with no shoes on, and I do angels and the dew, and I have uh, picnics there, and I hit long, uh, croquet and have little tournaments, and I love the lawn, and there's pine trees around it, and it's incredible. Then one day I get up in the morning, I step out on the lawn, and I step in some shit. Yeah, Boom, right on the big one, too. So immediately, my life changes. Immediately, I have to wear shoes now. No more running around with no shoes on. This is what happens when the parasite takes you over. I'm telling you. And we're so accommodating to the smallness it makes of our life. It's incredible. It is freaking incredible. We do not put our foot down when this thing keeps taking over. Acre after acre after acre. We willingly come give it to it because we think it's us. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It really is. So here we go. I in some shit. There goes the running around with no shoes on. Got to buy shoes. big boots with the stuff that shit can be washed off easier or maybe so then I go I go in and like most alcoholics what I think is I'll just not think about the problem and it'll go away maybe so I close the door and I go in for an hour or two and I come back out and I step and I don't step there I step somewhere else and I take a couple more steps and I step in some more shit so now I realize it's starting to smell too and I had a picnic planned that day I gotta cancel that no way you know and then I look around, and there's a lot of shit all around the, the yard. So what do I do? I go inside, and I sort of start getting depressed. Man, this, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know how I'm going to do do with this. So I pull those shades down. Don't look at the lawn, and I get pictures of lawns, and I replace the lawn, the real lawn, and I start having memories of how it was to have a lawn. And look at this beautiful lawn. But there's a big one out. No, no, not that one. This one. Look at this picture of the lawn. <laughs> So one day so I give it up my lawn basically. No more picnics, no more barbecues and stuff like that. And I'm sort of like totally now defined by the absence of a lawn. My life is quite empty and I'm not happy at all. So a guy comes into my house one day, knocks on the door, and I open it and he says, he says, I heard you had a problem. I said, Yeah, I got a lot of shit in my lawn. He says, Let me give let me bring a solution into you let me show it to you I said yeah I'm willing I'm totally um, perhaps there's a better way I'm into it yeah what's the way he says here's a scoop of pooper pooper scooper yeah and here's two I think you may need two if you get really good at p- scooping up the poop there'll be times when you'll have a nice bit of lawn without any shit on it yeah. I can't promise the whole lawn and I can't promise it for a long period of time but for some period of time you'll have a little bit of your lawn alright so now you start practicing picking up poop and you're pretty good. Two arms. And then every once in a while you can get about three by four foot of lawn where you can stand by yourself and have a hamburger, as long as like a mini picnic, and you know, stand there, and you know, it's, there's still shit around there. But you know, okay, and then you get even better. And then other people have the problem here about it. So they start calling you up, and you start telling them, yeah, this is this is my autograph model of Poopa Scoopa, send me 50 bucks, I'll send you a little manual, and a picture of myself, and... Here you go. I bet you in a couple of weeks, you'll have a little bit of lawn back. Oh, far out. So now people are there. Now you're becoming like a circuit speaker. They're calling you around, and you're calling, meaning, yes, I once had a terrible shit-filled lawn, and now I've got a couple of feet every once in a while. Whoa, yeah, yeah, that's what I want. Okay, all right, come over here, and I'll give you a... So now, boom, 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 boom. And so there's now an identification. You've taken yourself to be an authority on how to clean up shit. (laughs) (laughs) So you actually invested in having the shit around. (laughs) Because if the shit wasn't there, you you wouldn't be an authority on it. So an identification sets in, and now... I gotta have shit to be an authority of how to clean it up. Yes. <laughs> it would be a conflict of interest to have a shitless lawn now. So okay. So this is what happens. You're sitting in that state and Pete you know, you're looking at your schedule. I gotta go to Ontario and yes, I got a big convention and talk at, and this uh, someone else knocks my door. And I said he says, Hey, I hear you have a problem and I said, Yeah, I got all this shit on the thing. I said, No, the poopa scoopers. <laughs> I said, What do you mean problem, poopa scoopers? No, no, I'm great at it. No, I know, I know, I know. I have a solution for you. I don't know. I don't know if I'm feeling pretty good about my solution. i got a couple feet of lawn every once in a while. I'm really well-respected. I'm going around speaking to people. I have a lot of followers. I don't know. All right, well, maybe one day you want to entertain it. I said, okay, what is it? He says, find the dog. What? Find the dog? What are you talking about? Well, Shit is an effect of a cause, I'd say, and that cause is the dog. If you get rid of the cause, you won't have to clean up the effect, eh? Yeah, but if I get rid of the dog, then I won't have any shit on the lawn, then I won't be a circuit speaker about cleaning up shit. Oh, I don't know if I want that solution. A little radical for me. All right, well, there it is. If you find the dog, and you get rid of the dog, you won't have any shit. Only one. Now, if you're identified as a dog, you can't entertain that possibility. You just got to get good at pooper scooping. <laughs> Literally, that's the best you can do. And maybe you'll have a little bit of your light back every once in a while, but you'll be busy cleaning shit up, and denying the smell, calling it a perfume, or whatever. But if you get rid of the dog, there goes the shit. Now, I like poopa scoopers. They were very valuable to me. But I don't, I'd really like to have no need for them. I mean, it doesn't diminish my honoring poopa scoopers. When I had a lot of shit in a lawn, they were incredibly valuable. But it's sort of like when I had a lawn, a lawnmower was valuable. If I move into an apartment, the lawnmower is not valuable anymore. Because I have no lawn to cut. Yeah? It's, you know, I honored the lawnmower. It was great. But I'd rather live, Free of needing a lawnmower, yeah. I'd rather have just a nice lawn. That's the thing. Find the dog. I'm saying the dog is take. You're taking the dog to be you. That's why you can't get rid of the dog. So you're busy learning how to clean up the shit. If you can't entertain getting rid of the dog, you're going to have to become a master of cleaning up shit. Shit Yeah. And you can be good, and there's different degrees, but that's going to be a preoccupation. Because there's always going to be the potential for shit to be on the lawn. Yeah? Because the dog is always there. So, to me, that's how I look at it. Self is that dog. You're identified as the dog. You don't like the shit, but you can't entertain getting truly being free of it because you're the dog. And dog shit. And be real, that's right. Then you can be rid of the dog. But until that point, you can only manage the excrement that the dog delivers, really. You can manage it really well, which is a pretty cool life, and you can imagine it bad, which isn't maybe such a cool life. But the problem will always be hanging over you, and the potential of its (coughs) shitting will always be hanging over. There will always be that anxiety because you will be taking yourself as that. This is what I'm attempting to share, is you are not self. You are not the dog that you're cleaning up after. You can actually, if you would, that bondage or that cherishing of it as yours, if that would seem not to be true, you would see it's time to get rid of the dog. In fact, there is no dog, but it's a metaphor, painting a picture, you know what I mean? There's no dog, (laughs) yeah, but, yes? It would be time, you would you would be able to entertain to be free of it. Really. So resentment is obviously you've heard mostly probably other workshops, it's from the word centere, which means to feel, and then it's a re feeling. I'm saying in self centeredness that's all we're doing. Yeah? We're re feeling everything. Everything is being is a re feeling. Everything that comes up Every contact that's occurring is being interpreted by self and then it goes into memory and it re-feels and it rethinks and it re observes and it represents. Yes? That's what mind does. It represents life. It represents life to you in a mental frame. You think about it. Yes. Yeah? Instead of seeing it, feeling it, tasting it, touching it, smelling it, you think about it. You don't. The mind thinks about it, and your attention is drawn into that because you think it's about you. Literally. I'm serious, though. The major magnetic appeal to self is it's about you. Because you get bored stiff of other people's selves, don't you? I swear to God. Other people's selves, in five minutes, if they're selfing at my house, I want to do laundry. I want to do anything. But I've been listening to it for 50 years and thinking it's very, very, very knowledgeable and, and informative. It's the same old same old. It's I call it selfing. The head is just thinking, thinking, representing the day to appear the way, way it wanted. It can make it appear like everyone's out to get me. It can produce false evidence that appears like they're setting me up, blah, blah, blah. It appears like, oh, I'm a fraud, or or, or, or I'm this or that. It doesn't matter. It just goes off. Yes? Because its reaction to conscious living is to become unconscious. It wants to make a model of it. It wants to make a replica of it. It wants to make a substitute for it. That's what it likes to do. So it represents life. And you don't understand what representing is going to be represented is based on conditioning old ideas and old beliefs. If you feel that you're a loser, your mind is gonna represent life to make that angle seem real. Because it loves to be right. So it's gonna keep representing it. So if you had, so like I says in AA, we have to let go of all our old ideas. The old ideas, the oldest idea is being a self, really. If you let go of the oldest idea, you'll have relief from the other old ideas because the oldest idea is what thinks has the other ideas. The oldest idea thinks it's having all the other old ideas. It's like like Dracula will go out on the vampire hunt and kill the other old ideas because it knows it's protected. You don't know it's the oldest idea. The oldest idea is that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, that you're a body. That's the oldest idea. And that old idea, is entertaining other old ideas. So it says, let go of all your old ideas or the results will be nil. Wow, that's amazing. That's a pretty definitive statement. Because people think they're getting a lot of results, but they say the results will be nil. Maybe you'll get results, you'll get experiences of not being a self, but in a sense that result is nil because there's not the recognition you're not a self. So you can have experiences of peace, but they're actually the results are nil because you don't realize you are peace. Yeah? Mm. Yes. In the course in miracles, they used to put it. Out. I don't know if you know that book. It's a came out of the '70s, and well, I don't want to go into the history of it. But I was introduced to it and was with it for a few years with people with a, a cult, actually. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> their their presentation of it as it got interpreted through this. One of the major points of the Course in Miracles is there levels, different levels of understanding happening here, because this dream is subjective. Yeah, so you and I can see the same thing, but the minds that take on it will be different. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's subjectifying an experience. So there's levels. So let's say someone coming in in AA is in the level of houses are going on fire quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. or they're in the hallway of shit and fans. A, so the shit and the fans are all going, and you're like running the gauntlet. and you know you're on the consequential level. You just you don't know what's happening. You definitely don't think you have anything to do with it. <laughs> Everything's coming out from outside. You're the victim. What the fuck is everyone attacking me and all this? <clears throat> you see, no, you don't see your role in anything. Like every drunk in a bar today does the first two columns of the inventory. They know who they're mad at and why. They don't. They're all doing, every day, they're talking it out, but they're talking the first two columns. They're talking to the guy who's drinking next to them. That motherfucker, he did this. That's the first two columns. But they never get recovery because they don't take it to the third and fourth column. Yeah? So they get the product of self, the program of selfing, which is to blame and become right. But they don't get recovery from it because we don't, we take the third and fourth column. Most people don't. They just, they know who they're mad at and they know why. Well, they, yeah, because they like to be right. It's like... Where was I just then? Here? sat Island? I just flaked out. I was somewhere else. I thought I was in Honolulu for a second. Yeah, where were we on that? We were just talking about the four columns, right? And the two columns. What was where what were we were before? The analogy Were hmm? about how we What I say? I like right. Oh, we like to be right, yes. Though we don't like to be right, the mind likes to be right, yeah? And it can be really right about being wrong. You gotta know that. It can be really, really right about being wrong. Haven't you seen a lot of people come in and they're not they haven't gotten to any old ideas yet? And so they come in and they start working, they get you know, they get they're sober, they get a job, they find a place, they meet a girl. Now they have an old idea that they're a loser. But now, life is reflecting that they're okay, yeah? If they look around, they got someone that likes them, a, another a person, a female. They got a job, they got a place to live. Things look pretty good. And there's a conflict is created because their old idea is that I'm a loser, yeah? So there's a pressure now that builds up. They get uncomfortable with it getting better, yeah? Jesus Christ, they're getting more and more uneasy because this feeling is being conflicted. It's being confronted by actually what life's offering. So what a lot of times happens is they go out and get loaded and they're sitting in a stool, they lose the apartment, they lose the girl, they lose the job, and they're right. They're a loser. The mind's evenly won. Yeah? They're right. Their mind gets to be right. That's why if the old ideas aren't addressed, to me I don't address the old ideas, I go to the oldest ideas. Which is, I'm the self. If I'm not that, the other, the linkages of the, of the old ideas, the binding ability of the other ideas loosen. Because the oldest idea is the juice. I'm telling you. Self is the root cause of your dilemma. The idea of being a self is the root cause of your whole reality. Your whole perceptual reality is based on looking from self-centeredness. And the possibilities in that reality, you've been through every one of them. You're just rehashing them and representing them. And your ability to entertain is so enslaved to something that's so old, it's just over and over the same old, same old. I mean, really. If you've ever done a, a long years of 10 steps, I did it on a journal for two years, and I later on I went back to it, and every night it was the same thing I'm afraid of, and then fill in the blank. I'm afraid of. I'm afraid, of, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid she's going to leave me, I'm afraid she's going to stay, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, it's like unbelievably boring. The same mind just entertaining, I could be afraid. Well, every freaking day, come on, put me on another track, you know, let me run out in the field, me, You know, put some hurdles in, or an obstacle course, let me do a triathlon or something. No, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, so let me entertain how much I'm going to be afraid today. Okay, I'm really afraid. It's an earth-shattering event that's going to happen. Does it shatter the earth? No. But I'm really afraid it's going to. When if she leaves me, there goes my source of happiness. Oh, come on. I saw a guy set him up, the perfect setup of all. You ever see this? All the time. I saw him living, so I, I can counteract his statement. He had this girlfriend, very nice girlfriend, and he was benignly neglecting her, basically. Every time I was there, he wasn't paying much attention. Then finally she gets it in the head to leave, and then he calls me up before he tries to kill himself. He calls me up. No, he texts me. He says the source of my happiness has left me. <laughs> so when she he did it, the suicide failed, and I said, "Well, the source of your happiness, you weren't really entertaining it much when you had the source of the happiness. It just suddenly became the source of the happiness when it left." Yeah. You see how the mind gives meaning. When she was there, it was giving the meaning. Now oh, she's just there. Da, da, da. but when they laugh oh she's the source of all my happiness why? because it makes it really juicy not to have her yeah? if something was the source of all your happiness and could leave wouldn't that be an incredible dramatic effect in your little selfie? whoa I can really get into feeling self-pity for myself whoa the source of all my happiness is left and I have no recourse of ever meeting it again I might as well kill myself this is selfing, 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 selfing. If you have an immunity to that, when it says, I really need to have a drink, you won't be identified as that I. It's like the candida wants that flower, the alcoholism wants that drug and that drink. But it needs your arm, it cannot pick up a beer. It's a parasite, it does not pick up the beer. It uses this to go to the store, to the Seven Eleven, buy the vodka, and it has to pick it up. And usually when it picks it up, it's sober. Yeah? You're sober. You have no defense against it. All your evidence of that this is an insane thing to do, you have no defense against it. Why? Because you're identified as it. Seriously. If you have if you're not identified as it, When the I thought comes up, I really need to have a drink, you recognize that to be true for that I. But it's not you. This doesn't go here because let's say your mind's driving you crazy. Yeah? You're worrying about your relationship. Then you pick up the beer. This is what I see happens a lot. Let's say Monday. Just wake up, everything's fine. But my mind starts advertising that it isn't. Yeah? So it starts presenting a case, a false evidence, and appears real. Then it works it for a few days. By Thursday, I'm thinking I'm going to be fired. I hate all my fellow employees. My girlfriend's running out, having sex with a you know a bartender. All this stuff I think is happening, and, and I'm believing it. And it's having all these reactions, and it brings me to a place that I call "fuck it." Yeah, brings me to a place, and I go "fuck it," and then it goes. As soon as I say "fuck it," it downloads some solutions. It says, "Let's have a drink." Let's get loaded. What's the point? Just like you said. You have the one little hit. It says, well, we might as well get loaded. That's what it does. It wants to get its little freaking foot in the door, and then it kicks it wide open. Yeah. So here I go. And as soon as I say, fuck it, I surrender this, what I call me, <laughs> I surrender it to the paradise, para- paradise, to the parasite. And then I reach that, it's promising paradise. here. <laughs> I reach that beer, and I start drinking the beer. As soon as I start drinking the beer, the genie's out of the bottle. Then I thought I had trouble in my relationships, now I'm up on stalking charges, yes? (laughs) Now I'm going to jail. Now things really, really get to be much more expressive out here. Why? Because the parasite now has you to express itself through here. And it's gonna make the most of its opportunity. Have you ever gone on a run when it has you? And the only thing that stops is if something physically deters you or you get exhausted. It rides you like a jockey. It's like takes a horse out. The horse is frothing and sweating and it just keeps riding relentlessly. It just does not fucking let up. So here you are after one of those runs and you're back into the corral or the stable and you're trying to get over it. The guilt and shame is pouring all over you and you... you, (laughs) you claimed everything that happened to you as you, you know? <laughs> and there he comes again, the jockey enters the stable. And you have a memory of being ridden by that fucker. And you're like, woo! No, you're throwing your shoes up, trying to kick the back, and you're, woo! And he's going, oh, don't worry, don't worry, you'll be different this time. You know what I mean? It's like, you ever see that? After the parasite has ridden you a while, and then there's been a break, because it's you're exhausted. And then, it, then you hear the, its voice as if it's convincing you, isn't it? Yeah. So it's sort of like talking to you. Don't worry, I won't take you out for long. I'm just going just going to the, the 7-Eleven at 6 in the morning. I Don't, don't worry, I need a, some milk. No! No! And it's petting me. Don't worry, don't worry. And then it gets on. As soon as it gets on, it stops talking to you and it starts talking as you. There's no convincing anymore. It's going call up the dealer, go right to the horse, whatever, pick up 7-Eleven or something, like, oh, should I go? You're going to 7-Eleven. It's a possession. It never leaves, in a sense, because you've got the steering wheel constantly offering it to it. <coughs> At any time it wants to drive, it's totally, it has total impunity. Everything that happens through it, you'll claim to be you. It's like a perfect crime. It commits crimes every day and no one fingers it. It's always me, I did it, I did it. And then you you sentence yourself to punishment, guilt and shame all fucking day for what it did. What's the word powerless mean? Everyone who thinks they're big books, stumpers, if you have guilt and shame, you're not doing the fucking first step. It's a powerless. Powerless means you're powerless means when you were dancing with the gorilla, you had no say in the matter. Why are you having guilt and shame about it? Why are you claiming that behavior? Because the root of the problem is still the root of the problem. You're identified as it. You're thinking you're free from the problem? The problem is just being represented by your righteousness and your dogmatic of view or it's not a yee or whatever or stuff. It's ridiculous. Jesus Christ. You know, many people have too many years and not enough days, you know? They're not living, they're just, they think they have time, so they think they have an identity of being sober, but are they actually sober? Are they of sound mind at that moment? I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But I truly believe, humbly, that the root of the problem is not obsession with self, it's the activity of a mind identified as self. Because when I entertained it, that that was the root of the problem, I got radical relief. when I Not when I entertained the root of the problem's of obsession with self. I got relief, but not radical relief. I got relief that I had to keep tending to and maintaining and being vigilant over and trying to improve and make better. Then I realized it was identification of self, and I realized I'm not that. And I'll tell you, it has been the least amount of efforting of all time. Because whatever I do do, I don't feel like I'm the doer of it. So, oh, but Paul, you still do all this stuff, you do talking. I am not here. This is is the easiest thing in the freaking world. Because there's no doing of it. Yeah, (laughs) It's such an easy way to go. Yeah. The obvious fact is the obvious fact. It gives you immunity to false evidence appearing real. If you keep seeing blue is blue, there ain't going to be much confusion. If you see red is red and blue and blue and orange and orange, you're not going to be so confused, you know. You're going to see again. Like Jesus supposedly said, when your eye is single, your body will be full of light. What is single? Do you mean they represent as the third eye? It's a singular vision, not a dualistic vision. Not a dualistic vision of I'm doing that to get something. It's just all there is is this. When that view is, is... is entertained, your body is full of light. You travel light. You can say it like, I'm traveling lighter, but you're traveling light. Like light, you're traveling. You are traveling as light. I've seen. Hmm? I've seen light. But it intimates itself. There's expressions and fruits of it. Just like you know the wind by it moving through the, the leaves, or you feel it, you can't see it, but it intimates itself. By its effects. Yeah, it's the same thing. Light has effects here. When you're illuminated, if you we're in this room and we turned off the lights, yeah? it got dark. There would be problems. If you needed to go to the bathroom and you weren't familiar with this room, you probably wouldn't be able to find it. Yeah, You may bump into a chair and hurt your knee. You may bump into someone and they get mad at you and take it personally. Hey, you bumped into me or whatever. All these things may happen. I could keep on talking and we know what time it is. All this stuff happens. What occurs with us is we hunker down in the darkness and we try to buy knee pads, yeah? We try to learn how to buy maps to someone who says they were at the bathroom once before and how to get there. Yes, I think it's over there. Make a left and turn a right and yeah, if you're not there in five minutes, come back and I'll show you another map how to get there. and all this happens instead of just realizing turn on the lights yeah all the problems you're experiencing is real are based on the light being absent it's the darkness that's causing the problems put on the light and then do you need knee pads to navigate this room you can see do i you need a map to where the bathroom is i can see it says gentlemen. can you see the time and you know when the meeting's supposed to end yes exits are there and there yeah, I see. My life is now illuminated. What was very unsure and based on speculation, because if you can't see, you have to make up what you think you know, and that's what most people are doing here. There, there. The mind's replacement for seeing is memory. I saw once, and let me go back. Let me refeel, rehear, rethink, re-present, because I'm not seeing the presentation. So let me just. Alright, let's not admit that. I'll just represent it. As if it was once light. Yes? So I remember how it was when I used to know where the bathroom was. <laughs> like, turn on the freaking light. You're the light. Not as a self, though. I think we'll, we want to stop for a little bit and then a few minutes. Yeah. Alright, thank you. <laughs>